is no telling what God wants to do before we leave this house tonight. Amen, somebody. Are you ready for what God is going to do in this place? Would you put your hands together one more time and thank God uh, for the Phillips family that's with us tonight. Come on. Uh, give God some praise for them as Brother Phillips comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, somebody give him praise and thanks. Worship him. Come on, somebody do it in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, somebody shout hallelujah in the face of the enemy. In the face of the pressure. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And God is so good, even on Tuesday. And there's just no telling what the Holy Ghost is going to do in this house tonight. I believe that miracles, signs, and wonders are going to follow them that believe. That's what the Bible says. Is there any believers in the house that'll say miracles, signs, and wonders are going to follow me? They're going to follow me to church and from church. They're going to follow me to my job and from my job. They're going to follow me to school and from school. Miracles, signs, and wonders. And I'm going to walk in it right now in this season. And this, I'm not, Bishop, you already said, I'm not going to wait till next week. Miracles, signs, and wonders right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Book of Ezra, chapter 3. Ezra, chapter 3, verse 10. While you're turning there, let me say again. What an honor and a privilege it is to be here uh, with the wonderful saints of God here in Fort Myers. I am so delighted uh, for what God did around here on Sunday, but I cannot live for God off of what he did yesterday. I need a fresh touch today. And the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. And so I need to live for God for today. And I just believe that today somebody's going to leave here speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance for the very first time. Amen. Thank you, uh, Brother Williams, for your kindness and for being my friend. I love you so much. I appreciate you. And I love First Lady and these wonderful Williams children and in-laws daughter-in-laws that are just more like daughters really when you're around the Williams family and uh, I love this family very much I'm so honored again tonight to have my wonderful wife and my wonderful children with me I love them very much man man I, I know it's it's y'all are really getting a treat because I feel like I preach better when they're around and I don't know it might just be something I think but I'm, I'm so glad that they're here and I love them so very much and uh, so glad for what God's doing in our lives. Amen. Ezra chapter 3 verse 10. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course and praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good. That's a pretty good reason to praise him. 
They praised him and they said, For his mercy endureth forever towards Israel. Bible says, And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Many of the priests and Levites and the chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people for the people shouted with a loud shout then the bible says this and the noise was heard afar off the noise was heard afar off there's a common uh, there's a common saying we have. I'm sure you probably use it here in Florida. It's, you know, you'll say, oh, that was so close, but yet so far away. Anybody ever use that term? So close, but yet so far away. I want to flip that around tonight, and I want to preach with your help and the help of the Lord for the next few moments. So far, yet so close. So far, yet so close. Would you lift your hands with me one more time and ask the Lord to move in this house. God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. God, we give you glory tonight. There is nobody like you, not in heaven and not in the earth. We ask you, dear Lord, today to have your way in this house. Saturate us with an anointing from heaven, God, that will challenge us. God, touch us, Lord. Touch us. We need, a, we need your help. We need a fresh touch from the master's hand. We're asking you, Lord, tonight to let something begin in the spirit that will absolutely shake this city, shake our state, and furthermore, shake our nation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time? Give him praise, give him glory, give him honor. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The preset of our scripture text begins as Zerubbabel and Joshua under the unction of God took upon themselves the burden to rebuild again the temple. Sin had torn down the temple. False prophets had torn down the temple. Rebellion had torn down the temple. And it had caused this great sanctuary to go down to the rubble of literally nothing. It didn't happen all at once, but piece after piece, sin after sin, they began to pile up until eventually God allowed the enemy to come in and to completely uh, destroy God's people. It happened because there were men that were trying to build their own kingdom rather than the kingdom of God. I present to you a truth tonight that you can be a part of the church and still not be a part of the kingdom. Now you can come to church and still not be a part of what God's doing. You can even wear you a really cool TRC sweatshirt and still not be a part of the kingdom. You can shout when they shout and not be a part of the kingdom. Dance when they dance and not be a part of the kingdom. The Bible tells us that there's going to be a group of people at the day of judgment. 
judgment that are going to say, Lord, did we not pray in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not prophesy? And he will speak to them and tell them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I want to encourage somebody tonight and tell you, don't be like the foolish kings of the Bible that tried to build their own kingdom rather than the kingdom of God. We're in this for one purpose and one purpose alone, that he would be magnified, that he would be glorified, that he would be exalted in all the earth. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, don't look at me. There's, within myself, there is no good thing. I can't do anything on my own. If I do anything good, it's because Jesus helped me. If I do anything right, it's because the blood of Jesus went before me and made every crooked place straight. I'm not trying to build my kingdom. I want to build God's kingdom. Hallelujah. There was two men in the dysfunction of kings that wanted their own kingdom. There were two men that decided while everybody else wants to do for themselves, we want to do for the Lord. They simply said, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. God, this isn't my church. This is your kingdom. And these two men, Joshua and Zerubbabel, finally, after 70 years of, of nothing but chaos and dysfunction, 70 years have come and gone, and finally, somebody makes it up in their mind to get out of the rut. They they changed their mindset to kingdom mindsets and they began to work on the house of God again. The Bible says that the people came and they gave freely. The thing that sin and rebellion had torn down. The thing that false prophets had torn down. The thing that evil kings have torn down was finally being rebuilt again. I said that to state the fact that you may tear down an apostolic church piece by piece or a saint of God that's apostolic piece by piece but God has a way of raising up what we think the devil has stomped out. God has a way of taking things that have been laying dormant for 70, 80, 100 years and bringing them back to life again. Somebody that got their own ego in the way tore it down but somebody decided to put Jesus first and in the middle of putting God first God said I got a building to build here I got a church to build up here I got a kingdom that's here it may it may not look like a kingdom right now but I've got a way of bringing from the ashes hope God's got a way of bringing out of the heap and the rubble and the mire and building a church out of nothing let me tell you something something, honey. It may look like Fort Myers is in shambles, but God's got a way of raising up a church. God's got a way of raising up a kingdom. What sin tore down, where sin doth abound, grace does much more abound. I know Fort Myers doesn't look like it wanted to right now, but hold on a little while, honey, and just keep being faithful, because God is going to build his church. Hallelujah, this was the answer to a promise that God had given them that the kingdom is going to be built. And they finally began to see it put together with their own eyes. 
They finally, they've been praying, they've been seeking, they've been looking, and they finally begin to see the promises of God come to pass. And I preach today that maybe this season that we are in right now is the prayer of prayers you prayed five years ago. And, and, and you ought to have the right response when you start seeing the foundation being laid. You've been praying for your children, and they've been saying no for the last five years, but all of a sudden, uh, they said, Mama, what's the address to the church you go to? Uh, I'm telling you, you ought to have the right response to that. Uh, you've been praying for five years for maybe it's your mama or your daddy uh, that's not in church. And all of a sudden, uh, they're starting to act interested. And they said, they heard what the preacher preached last week. Uh, you ought to have the right response to that. When you see God do anything, you ought to just have the, oh, God, I pray. It ain't the whole building yet, uh, but I'm thankful just because the foundation's being laid. It's not everything it's going to be, but I'm thankful when I just see the foundation. The Bible says that when they seen God begin to move, some wept and some shouted. But there is an interesting dynamic that happens here when the Bible records that they shouted and they wept and it was heard afar off. Doesn't say how many people heard it. It just says it was heard afar off. Brother Williams, it didn't say how many decibels it was. It just says that it was heard afar off. There was a high praise. There was a shout. There was something happening down at the Israelite camp that was heard miles down the road. I, I, I don't know exactly what it was like, but if you'll allow me to use my imagination, uh, maybe they were sitting in the temple of Baal about five miles down the road, and they felt the table begin to shake, and they started hearing something come out of the temple uh, of the house of God, and they, they said, what is that? Maybe they started talking amongst themselves and saying, what's going down, down at the temple of the Almighty God? Because uh, we don't feel like that about our God. We never shouted uh, like that over a god uh, like Baal or like Chemosh. Uh, I don't know, but maybe they were in the supermarket in town uh, and, and the shells begin to quake and they, they begin to look at one another and ask, is it an earthquake? Uh, and all of a sudden uh, they heard a sound coming out uh, of the house of God. Uh, all of a sudden uh, they heard something that began to change literally the dynamics of the world. Uh, and, and so we understand it was heard geographically afar off, but I, I want to tell you that the Old Testament terminology of this term afar off was not just used to describe a geographical location, but it was a term to, de to describe those that were not Jews. And so as the sound is being projected, those that were not Jews begin to hear the sound of high praises coming from the foundation of the temple. That's when the prophet Haggai shows up and he begins to build a bridge to where this applies to you and me. He said as he prophesies under the Holy Ghost, I will shake all nations. The desire of all nations shall come and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord. The silver 
silver is mine. The gold is mine. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former house. And we shout about that. And we should shout about that. But I want to take you to modern day Israel of where they were living. They were living in a time where they believed that they were the only people of God. They were the only nation of God. You think we got racism in 2023? You should have been somebody that wasn't a Jew before Jesus was born. That's why the woman at the well, Bishop, she said, why, when Jesus walked up and started talking to her, he, she said, why are you even talking to me? What do the Jews have to do with the Samaritans? She said, there's a racial gap here. There was a racial gap that Haggai begins to prophesy about, and he says, I will shake all nations. Now, understand, Haggai don't even believe what he's saying. The words are coming out of his mouth as God is giving him the words, and he don't even believe this. God said, I'm going to shake all nations, and Haggai believes uh, that there's only one nation of God, uh, and that's the Hebrew people. That's the Jew. Uh, that's the descendants of Jacob. He don't even believe that can be revival. Preach this if God will help me. He don't even believe that there'll be a change. Haggai don't even believe that it's even possible for something to begin to change. But can I tell you that when God's people begin to shout on a Friday afternoon just because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid, it went in and it began to build a bridge in time. Haggai didn't even believe it. But can I take preach? to somebody tonight uh, and tell you that your praise uh, will unlock doors uh, that you don't even believe can be unlocked. Hey, see, Haggai, I, I, I don't know what it was like, but I just wonder if he showed up at church uh, when, 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 when stuff started changing and stuff started happening uh, and saying, God, now I know what you said, uh, but I want it to be this way for the rest of the eternity. Uh, God, let it be our for and no more. Uh, God, let it just be like this uh, until you return. Uh, but Haggai, you don't understand, honey. Uh, when you start praising God, uh, it unlocks a multinational revival. Uh, when you start praising God, God, it starts opening doors that no man can close. When you start praising God, it it does things that nobody else can do. I'm telling you, your praise unlocks doors. Your praise changes the world. Your praise. Oh, it's Tuesday night. We ain't supposed to shout on Tuesday. Too late, honey. We done shouted. And we might as well shout some more. Because God is about to do a new thing in this house. God is about to open doors of revival in this house. Holy that don't make no sense. All nations. I thought God only saved rich people. I thought God only saved white people. I thought God only saved black people. I thought God only saved Latino people. 
Haggai, you about to get your world messed up. It's multinational. This begins to come into play in Mark chapter 5. The story of the demoniac. Jesus said, I must needs to go to Gadara. He gets in a boat. He goes to the other side. And when he comes off of the boat, he takes one step and all of a sudden, the demoniac shows up. And the Bible says no man can bind him. The Bible says he slept in the cave. He was naked. He, he had no sense of morality. And he shows up. And Jesus looks to where he is and tells the spirit that's holding him back, loose him. Let him go. Now this is an interesting story. Simply because this man is not a Jew. How do you know he's not a Jew? Because he lives in a land where it's full of swine and Jews and swine don't mix. The most profitable thing in Gadara were the swine herders. And you can't be a Jew and hang out with pigs. And I don't have time to preach that, but Lord, I wish I did. You can't be... Oh. Moving on. I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'm not getting sidetracked tonight. But there, there's this ideology that he comes and he, he gets delivered. And something happens differently with him that, no, that does not happen with anybody else. Jesus tells this man, go and tell everybody, all of your friends, what I've done for you. That's interesting because in the book of Mark, it makes special reference when Jesus heals a blind man. He says, you go and you don't tell anybody what I've done. When Jesus raises Jairus' daughter, he says, you go and you don't tell anybody what I've done. When, when, when he does many miracles through the book of Mark, he tells them, you don't tell anybody what I've done. But here in Mark chapter 5, he tells somebody that is not a Jew, you go and you tell everybody what I've done. Because little Jesus was connecting to what Haggai had prophesied, and he was getting ready to open up the door to a multinational revival. I don't have time for the whole spiel, but on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit began to be poured out, the Bible says that Peter stood up and he started preaching, and he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of your sins uh, and ye shall receive uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, then he said, uh, for the promise is unto you, that's the Jew. And to your children, that's the Jew. And to your children's children, that's the Jew. But he was connecting to something way, 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 way back. Way back when Ezra started building the temple. And he said, unto those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. 
What Peter was then doing uh, was connecting us back to the beginning, uh, back to the tabernacle. Uh, and he was saying there was a praise uh, that went up in Ezra chapter 3 uh, that unlocked doors uh, in Acts chapter 2. Uh, there was a shout uh, that went up in Ezra chapter 3 uh, that unlocked doors uh, in Acts chapter 2. Uh, you may not ever see the door open, uh, but thousands of years down the road, uh, your praise is unlocking the door this is a miracle because Peter Peter's just like Haggai he don't even believe what he's preaching because he the promise is for you your children and those that are far off and a couple chapters later, he's laying up on top of the roof and God gives him a vision. All kinds of unclean beasts come down. Arise, Peter. Kill and eat. Not so, Lord. I've never touched any of that. Don't you remember what you preached a couple days ago? Don't, don't, don't you remember Peter call not what I have cleansed dirty and unclean he was saying Peter you preached a message you didn't even believe but Peter when you are converted strengthen the brethren that was more than just being converted to so called Christianity that was being converted from a spirit that said this Holy Ghost ain't for everybody Peter when you're converted when you're setting up on the rooftop and you receive your conversion strengthen your brethren strengthen the one that might not look like you but he needs the Holy Ghost just as well this I've come to preach tonight to somebody. Uh, you might be afar off, uh, but you're a whole lot closer than you think. Uh, you, you might have family afar off, uh, but they're a whole lot closer than you think uh, because praise has a way uh, of connecting things that are afar uh, and drawing them near. Uh, praise has a way uh, of... What if I told you right now on a Tuesday night, uh, the way you shout uh, will depict the way you have revival? Uh, what if I told you your family you've been praying for, they might be afar off, uh, they may be cursing God right now, but they're a whole lot closer than you think. Paul has to deal with this. As he begins to write, to a Gentile church, the church at Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, he says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one. And I like what he says here. He said, and have broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He says, you were once called a far off people. But the blood of Jesus made you nigh. You were so far that the pastor couldn't reach you. But the blood did what the pastor couldn't do. You were so far that 
society couldn't reach you, but the blood did what society couldn't do. You were so far that, that your neighbor couldn't get through to you. you you've been drinking yourself into a drunken stupor. But I've come to tell you that the blood made you close enough that you could be made nigh by the blood of the Lamb. I got a, I got a picture this week, or my wife did on her phone, of a young man in our community he was getting baptized and I've had connections with men around this man for a few years and brother uh, brother Williams this, this young man in his early 30s lived in a home that in order to get to his front door you literally had to wade through waist deep beer cans outreach had tried friends had tried the system tried, locked him up for DUIs, put him through rehab, rehab tried, Alcoholics Anonymous tried, but last Tuesday night, the blood got a hold of him, and he went down in a watery grave. See, we're going to do everything we can do, but there comes a point you can't do anything else. You need the blood. You need the blood to get involved. Paul said that the blood hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. In order to get the full story of what he's saying here, we got to go back to Ezra chapter 3 and look at the construction of the temple. The temple was made with three chambers. You have the outer court, then you have the inner court, and then you have the holy of holies. The outer court, anybody could go there. Anybody could come to the outer court. But to get to the inner court there was a sign in the day of Jesus that said upon the pain of death shall not anyone enter in it was written in every main language of that day it said if you are not a Jew you can't come to church if you're not perfect so they thought you can't come to church if you don't come from a long line of Pentecost you can't come to church but Paul said the same and, and I get what Mark does. Mark shouts and Mark dances because he said in the moment that Jesus gave up the ghost, that the veil was ripped in twain. And he said, now we have access. But guess what? That didn't do anything for you and me. Not one thing. Because that veil that got ripped is still behind the wall. That said, if you're not a Jew, you can't go in. The blood ripped that veil in twain. And Mark shouts and dances and has a good time because he's a Jew. But Paul says the same blood that ripped the veil has broken down the middle wall of partition. What wall's he talking about? He's talking about the one that had the sign that said, if you're not a Jew, you can't come in. If you don't have enough money, you can't come in. If your mom and daddy didn't come from a social club, you can't come in. I don't know about you, but I thank God that God saved me. 
I thank God that the blood that saved the Jew and ripped the veil in twain was the same blood that tore down the wall, the same blood that made a way for James, that made a way for Peter, that made a way for Paul, made a way for me. I'm sorry, I'm just getting excited when I start thinking about where I should be. But the blood, but the blood, but the blood. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you what we need to do. We need to get back to pleading the blood like them old timers used to do. See, because money won't buy you out. And fame and fortune won't get you out. But the blood. I'm, I'm going to try it again over here to see if we got any people that been somewhere. I, 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 anybody remember a day where you just couldn't make your way forward? It just seemed like everything you do, it just made, it just got worse and worse and worse. You take three steps forwards uh, and, and you make four steps back uh, when you were trying to do it in your own. Uh, but then the blood got involved. And you were far off, but the blood made you nigh. You were, you were far from your family, far from the house of God, far from sanity, far from in your right mind. But the blood made you close, but the blood brought you in. Yeah, they're, they're kind of far off. <laughs> but all it took was one service on a Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, they don't look like they ever going to be anything. But all it took was one drop of blood. They, they, they're probably going to be an addict like their mama was. And probably going to be an alcoholic like their daddy was. But all it took was one service. Listen, folks, God help us that we never lose our excitement when somebody starts preaching or singing or talking about the blood of Jesus that made a way for you. God help us that we never lose our excitement about the fact that I should be dead, sleeping in my grave, but the blood, but the blood. I wish you'd go back to where the blood first got applied and just think about what you should be right now and think, oh, you should be far away, but you've been made nigh by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, God. Have you been to Jesus? the saving power are you washed in the blood of the lamb are your garments spotless some of y'all ain't never heard this it's too old for y'all are they white as snow are you washed in the blood of the lamb are you washed in the blood in the soul cleansing blood of the lamb Oh, no. 
I, I know that's old. I know that's old, but there's something starts happening when you start thinking it reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never ever lose its power. That means I might be far away tomorrow, but it will never, 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 never. If you get thrown away, the blood knows how to make you nigh again. If you backslide, and God forbid that you do, the blood knows how to make you nigh again. If you fall down, the blood knows how to pick you up. You don't know my story. I don't have to know your story. The blood speaks your story. You, you, you don't know what, how far I'm falling. I, I, I don't care how far you're falling. Uh, the blood's bigger than you're getting, than you're falling. Uh, you need to get back up uh, and get back. There's a crimson stream of blood, and it flows from cow. Losing my voice, but it's all right. We're gonna keep on going. Glory. Sorry, I'm just telling you tonight, it does something to me when I start thinking about that old rugged cross that saw me. It was 2,000 years ago, and I was really far off, but it made me nigh by the blood of the Lamb. How far are you from the house of God? It don't matter. That crimson stream. It flows and it reaches me. You don't know what I did last night. It's okay. I'm not condoning sin. I think you know that. But I'm here to tell you the of Christ has made us nigh and has broken down the middle wall of partition. guy doesn't even realize what he's prophesying. We, we use so much and I preach from it a lot. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 9 it's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Brother Williams glory of the latter house is going to be greater than that of the former. But you don't get to that till you go through and I will shake all nations Haggai is looking prophetically through a glass window darkly to a young boy, seven years old, in his grandmother's living room. That if it wasn't for the blood, I didn't, I would have received the gift of the Holy Ghost on my good mama 
was praying for me on an afternoon that she was babysitting. I know where I'm at tonight, we could, we could shout this and dance this, but I just want you to just take a minute. I just want you to take a minute and go back to the moment that Jesus found you. <laughs> I, we probably would have shout, started shouting if I wouldn't have sung them old songs because I'm going to tell you, it just it takes me back to those moments where I understand. I understand we, we've got plenty to shout about and plenty to dance about. But when I start thinking about the fact that God could have left me where he found me, God could have let me get afar off. The musicians come up closing. And it was heard afar off. There were symbols and shouting, weeping and wailing. come out of the house of God. I believe that that's the very spirit that we need in 2023 at the Rock Church that we enter into that some of us are weeping and some of us are shouting but there's somebody that's driving down the road out here on this main highway and when they drive by, they can't even see the church because the train is sitting there. But they, they all of a sudden, they put their blinker in and they start turning towards Tarpon Street. And I, I don't know why, I just felt like I had to turn left. And then I, I, I turned left and I seen the cars in the parking lot. And they walk through the back door. You want to know why? Because there's a drawing that happens when God's people lift up a cry. It pulls people from afar the Bible says that ye are living epistles read by all men if you're here tonight you don't have the Holy Ghost you've never been baptized in Jesus name the only saving name of Jesus I want to tell you something you're looking at an example right now of somebody that was afar off, but the blood brought me close. You're looking at examples across this front, people that were afar off, but the blood made them close. What our city needs is a testimony coming out of this sanctuary on a Tuesday night. I thank God for the blood. <laughs> Come on, would you just stand to your feet and leave your pew, leave your purse where you are and walk out of the pew and just be thankful. Come on, when, when was the last time you thanked God for the blood of Jesus? When was the last time you just let God know how grateful you are? I'm telling you, there's a noise coming. You might not can hear it with your natural ear, but Brother Williams, there's a spiritual noise coming out of this house right now. 
to a prostitute standing on the street corner to a crackhead sitting in the crack house to an alcoholic sitting on the, the bar stool. That's a noise that's coming out of this house. I will shake all nations. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Come on, the day of Pentecost didn't just start because Peter stood up and started preaching. It started because Zerubbabel and Jeshua started building the house of the Lord. It didn't just start because Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. It started. It started because Haggai stood up and preached the glory is going to shake all nations. Come on, would you pray with me? We're going to sing. Would you pray with me? That Jesus shed for me way Come on, some of you get a lot more excited when we start picking them up and putting them out. But I'm telling you right now, you couldn't do it if it wasn't for the blood. For it reaches to the high. Mountain and it flows up to the Lord. Let there be a sound that can be heard afar The blood that gives me strength from death. Today it will Come on, let there be a sound that comes out of this house that can be heard afar off. You might be far, but you're a lot closer than you think. You're not so far, the blood can't find you. Come on, why don't you plead the blood over your family right now? Plead the blood over your marriage. Plead the blood over your children. Never, never, no, never. 
Never lose. 